This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's get this party started. Party started, party started. Let's get this party started. It's the midweek, normally Q&A, but I'm going to ask the Qs to Dave um, and see what kind of A's he gives. Uh, Dave, it's good to have you. <laughs> Strange one, Lawrence, as always, but yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. Uh, let's, hey, Dave, let's get this party started. Let's get this party started, Lawrence. That exactly. is now my trademarked uh, opener, so uh, now you're going to have to pay royalties to the Statman Dave Foundation. Sorry, if I also go, anyway, do I also have to... Uh, also so if you ever say the word so that's Good. also trademarked that's so true yeah but not in that context right is it only it's the anyway it's fine uh, we had a review on twitter uh, on insta no wait on itunes this week that said we go off on too many tangents um what's a tangent uh i don't think it's mathematics dave uh we uh, that's the perfect point. response uh <laughs> And then uh, he, he also said that we weren't laddie banter, like uh, in brackets, the football ramble. Um, so, I know. What idiots. What idiots the ramble are. Anyway. That listener gets the points. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, if someone else who gets the points is Kristen. Kristen, you're in New York. I am, yes. But you've been watching a lot of football from over there. Um, and did you have any yeah. time to watch Germany 1, England 0? I did. I watched it by ESPN3 um, wow. on my computer, which was it's a little bit patchy. But yeah, the commentator was an interesting guy. Um, I don't know who it was. But yeah, me and Adam are, are in the same city, yet we haven't had a chance to meet. Hopefully we're going to rectify that soon. I hope so. Uh, anyway, it was 1-0 uh, to Germany in the end in what can only be described as the best testimonial of all time for Lukas Podolski. Um, he played, bowed out of his 150th game having scored a, a beautiful shot, Dave. It was almost like it was scripted. Yeah, it was like he'd pay Joe Hart some money. No, it was a very, very good finish and a uh, player to bow out at the top level. Um, you know, he's had an incredible time playing for Germany. It's an interesting one as well. His potential as a player, he, it was sky high and, and maybe he didn't reach those heights with the you know the spell at Bayern Munich. Maybe it was just the wrong choice for him, but it was uh, you know a fantastic way to end his international career, a very positive um, attitude in the dressing room apparently you know he was the focal point in the uh, sort of the late 2009-2008 of this team um, and obviously when they won the World Cup he was sort of a backroom figure but apparently his influence in the dressing room has always been a positive thing so yeah credit to a, a very good player that's gone out but I think that was a crazy thing where he'd, he'd won like 14 or 10 goal of the month awards in Germany which is pretty incredible 
He's won a lot of goals. I mean, he's a pretty prolific striker, really. I think the problem is, in England, we just remember him from his Arsenal days. Yeah, we didn't really play enough football. I think, you know, Podolski at Cologne was was decent and Arsenal, not enough football, not enough time. And unfortunately, that was sort of where he really needed to kick on with his career and he kind of made the wrong choice. Yeah, shame, really. I mean, he actually could have been a great player for Arsenal. Uh, but he wasn't uh, and moved on and went to better things uh, anyway uh, he's going to Japan Chris he's going to Vissel Kobe I believe ah yes is, yeah um, like the beef I, 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 I must be honest I can't claim to know very much about that club um, the J-League's always looked quite cool from a distance it really does really. doesn't it <clears throat> it's, it's quite um, a sort of it's uh, I mean it's definitely romanticised by Pro Evo and stuff like that isn't it yeah, and, and uh, one of my best friends, his cousin, lives out there these days, um, and he's married to uh, a Japanese woman as well. And he says that the games are actually a really enjoyable experience to go to. He supports, let me just pull up the name so I don't butcher it. Uh, um, I mean, I'm going to let this one hang. Omiya Ardija. Of course. Please, someone correct me if I've got that wrong. Of course. The... And they have a squirrel on their badge. Ah, is that anyone? Else? I mean, what kind of unusual squirrel? Sort of an unusual spirit animal to use if you're a football club. There's a lot of animal-based ones. I went through them last night when I was looking to see where um, Podolski was. <laughs> My life up. had gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, this could be handy one day. Um, <laughs> I'm pointless. <laughs> Could read a book and learn, or I could be able to recite Japanese football logos from Go ahead, memory. go. Who else have they got? Um, so, well, the, one of the few deviations from that is Shizmu Espols, who have a globe Bless on you. theirs. Right. Um, their notable player, they had Shinji Ono, and I believe Freddie Lungberg played there wow. at one point. Okay. Um, and an Englishman, Stuart Thurgood was there in 2000, but I don't think he actually played for them. He was just signed to them. Yeah. Uh, it was more of just uh, a commentary trick uh, that when English people watched, uh, they, people would be like, ah, uh, let's find out which is the best team in the league. Uh, and then the yeah. commentator would be like, ah, they're good. And they'd be like, ah, right, well, I'll watch these guys then. you got Yokohama Marinos, who were owned by um, the chaps at City Football Group. They have an anchor. Uh, okay, a classic. Uruwa Red Diamonds, who are one of the teams... Talk of t- tangents, lads. This is, this is definitely one of the best I've ever heard. This is definitely this one is of incredible. the flat. I mean, it's, it's definitely different. Um, I mean, I'll end you... it on this. Don't right. get this on Uruwa the Red Diamonds badge, to me, when I look at it, looks like how Pro Evolution would m- try and get round not having Man United's badge. I understand. That's the best way I can describe it. I'll put the photo on our social media feed and people can... Let me know if they agree, but to me, it definitely looks like how Parivo would visualise Man United's badge without the licence. Finally, a resolution to the conversation. Uh, speaking of kits and badges, uh, do you like England's new kit, Dave? It's all right, nothing special. I want to be blown away by these kits. Double denim! Come on, mate. I want to see some dragons on it or something like that. You just want dragons on kits, Dave, that's your issue. That's all I want. I want animals and dragons. I reckon the, the kits in Japan are probably more exciting than that England kit. Pretty sure that's very Can you confirm or deny this? Uh, what was the question, sorry? Are there any dragons and any Japanese kits? Oh, no. Or any other animals, so. just any animals. 
<laughs> None to my knowledge. Chris skirts his first Donald Trump moment. Um, excellent. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is also, it's difficult for us to take a dragon because uh, historically, England killed a dragon. Um, and Wales had... Well, Madrid had dragons on their kit the year, didn't they? Yeah, I think that the was... The design with the Adidas guy? And that was a Japanese design. So Dave's not a million miles away. Anyway, uh, I quite like it. Chris, you tweeted something about it. It's like a double... It, is, it looks a bit like a denim sort of nice... It should like be made out of denim, 100%. It should be like the it US restrict from 94. Was that denim? I believe it was. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Even the shorts. I couldn't speak to the shorts, but I've heard of it referred to as the denim kit. Maybe it just looks like denim. It must be a re- There's a real chafe to denim, though. Surely you don't, that's the worst thing to play in. It's sort of a sweaty, retains heat. Yeah, it sounds a lot like the 90s. Uh, anyway, uh, I really enjoyed uh, England's formation, Chris, the 352 that uh, Gareth Southgate's getting credit for at this point is looking pretty positive, even against what could be described as a test side for Germany. Chris. Yes, sorry, you cut out for a second there. Oh, sorry, um, yeah. Talk about the 352. Yeah, the, the 352 was a little bit different. I know there was a lot of uh, excitement and almost scandal about it, but I actually thought it worked really well for England. I thought it maximised their assets as players individually, but then also as a collective. They've got a lot of pace, a lot of athleticism in the team, so it really did make the most of that. And I would argue if you took the best... 11 players in England given that there was a few missing against Germany you would argue that kind of formation that kind of tactical approach where you press you break you transition quickly probably suits them because we've got quite a lot of athletic players I'm not sure if we've got technically wonderful players across the board Um, I think of the new guys that came in that was the one thing that I think let Jake Livermore down was that Physically, he was fine, but there was a few moments where a simple pass seemed to go astray, um, or or simple by the standard of the evening, at least. So that was disappointing. But I thought Michael Keane more than held his own at the back. Um, And yeah, I was was kind of surprised at the scoffing that took place about his inclusion, because he's been very good for Burnley, came through Man United's academy, so he's clearly not a chump. Um, When you don't include people who are uh, not part of the top four or top six now you get told to include more players. And when you do include them, then people scoff. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that to me seemed the double standard was that people laughed at, or, well, not maybe laughed, but, but questioned Keane's inclusion. And then in the same breath, questioned why Jermaine DeFord didn't get on the field at all. Um, it's, it's a funny one. I Different. feel we've got a weird relationship with the national team. It it seems, it seems to me it's that relationship or that point in a relationship when it's about to end, where everything they do annoys you. They yeah. they, they can't do right. They can't do right for doing wrong. Basically, yeah, true, uh, and th- that is why England are soon to end their relationship with England, um, and we'll see what happens after that. Where England go? Will they go to? I don't know. I don't really know where, where this England team will be wanting right now, but they look good in their three-five-two, uh, and I'm sure they'll find someone on Instagram. Anyway, uh, in terms of national teams, England play Lithuania next. Uh, that's an actual proper qualifier, not just a wonderful strike and uh, everyone remembering Joe Hart. Uh, Dave 
Elsewhere, uh, Lee Dixon's been saying lots of interesting things. If Meza Ozil had half of what Deli Ali has got, that nasty streak, he would be 10 times better player than he is. It's an interesting one, given um, Mesut's career, uh, the, the World Cup he won, the accolades that he's got, the German Player of the Year that he's won five times. But no, I think he does. Five times? He, he misses that English spirit. Yeah. I mean, he won German Player of the Year five times. Yeah, he's won it like consistently from like 2011 onwards. He like won it year on year on year. Then there was a season off and then he won it again. You know, top scored, top assists in the Bundesliga, top assists in uh, La Liga. He's got top assists in the Champions League one season. He's been candidate for the Ballon d'Or. He's been in the top, you know, the top 20, maybe five times as well. It's just, it's just terrible punditry once again from English, ex-English players that, you know, kind of need to stop giving these types of, you know, this type of analysis because it just looks so stupid. It's unusual, isn't it? I mean, we saw uh, Glenn Hoddle on the video, I think it is, uh, coming into the England dressing room through the FA uh, and sort of giving a little inspirational speech um, uh, from Gareth Sal- I think Gareth Southgate sort of thought... You won't uh, win anything in this life. Yeah. But in the next... <laughs> I think Gareth Southgate, I don't know what Gareth Southgate was thinking, actually. I mean, he came up with the formation, maybe needed Glenn to come in and motivate them. Um, yeah, do what you will, Glenn. Uh, all these guys are okay. Am I right? Anyway, um, the, the point is, though, maybe we should be using them correctly. Maybe we're just not using them right. We should just be sort of, you know, telling them to go and tell the kids to do inspirational stuff, not telling the kids what a formation should look like. Uh, anyway, there's Lee Dixon. There goes Lee Dixon. Must remember to thank him. Uh, Dave, there is a also a Barcelona manager shortlist. Valverde, mm. Sacristan, Uso, A, and Komen. <laughs> nice. I think you it's in Sue or something them, like that. It's Unsue. Yeah, you, you've, you've spelled them phonetically in the document. Yeah, but that's how I read it, Lawrence. I thought you were going to throw it to me, but you just dived in there straight away. And I, I like that. I like it. Um, it I don't you know where Sampoli's dropped off on this list. It's, it's a weird one. He seems like the perfect fit. Obviously, Severe have, I don't know, ran out a bit of steam, hit a little bit of bad patch of form, but they've been awesome this season. And it just seems like the perfect guy to go over to Barcelona and really, you know, kick some ass and change the system. You know, the manager's Cumin, absolutely not. Valverde is more of a, you know, what I, I called him on, on my podcast on Monday was the, kind of the Spanish David Moyes in a way. His team is, is very high pressing. They play like uh, Raul Garcia, who's a big sort of, you know, Maron Fellaini-esque midfielder, uh, attacker midfield. Um, Aradiz is a striker. They get a lot of crosses into the box. They, their wide players work the ball um, and then cross it. And it's, you know, players like Williams and so forth uh, have been really good under Valdeverde this season but it's one of those things where is that the right fit for Barcelona in a defensive pressing sense yes but not in terms of how they play football so I don't know whether they've got the right shortlist yet obviously the assistant could be the, the best man for the job um, so you never know you never know these things it's we could see a random manager plucked out of anywhere that could you know pick up this job very good point very very good point uh, sadly uh, for Liverpool Football Club the other day Ronnie Moran passed away at 83 fantastic career for Liverpool and a very well respected man after he retired he won an incredible amount of uh, silverware during his time at Liverpool. Uh, obviously, as a backroom staff as well. And also, uh, I think he got them up as a player. Uh, so pretty incredible stuff from him. Uh, and down the years, he's been under, well, all the best managers. Uh, Bill Shankly, 
all the way down uh, four European Cups in the end so pretty incredible uh, record from him he won all the European Cups until Benitez did so uh, you know by all accounts a lovely and incredible man as well uh, very friendly I'm told around the training pitch um, anyway uh, let's let's move on uh, again uh, Dave Julian Nagelsmann he's won German coach of the year again and he's just 29 yeah, I think it's well deserved. Um, Hoffenheim he took him, took them from what relegation? Uh, I think they were like five points adrift of the playoff position. Which in in Germany, there's two teams that go down. There's one that's in the playoff position, which plays the team that comes third or wins the playoffs in the the league below. So they were really far, and they ended up ended the season off mid table. Um, in fact, since he took over. Um, to this season, to this very day, only Dortmund and Bayern have won more points than uh, Hoffenheim. And it's one of these things where he's really moved the side on. Tactically, they're very, 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 very good. Um, and for a guy that's 29 years old, it's so impressive. Uh, you know, the next big thing in manager terms and expect them to you hit the Champions League this season. But I went into a further detail on, on the Stat Monday podcast on Tuesday, maybe, where I talk a little bit more tactic heavy, which isn't banter, Lawrence. So I'm not allowed to go into those types of things right now. But it is sort of undressing the 3-5-2, how they build from uh, Nicholas Schuler from the back uh, into midfield. Demir Bay, who obviously is their key man, Ruddy, who's anchoring the midfield, playing as a deep line playmaker, who is, in fact, both Schuler and Ruddy are going on to Bayern Munich. So Bayern Munich again undressing one of their their rivals and, and nicking their best talent but it's a it's a good system it's a it's a fluid system and it's it's just all around good football Schuler eh mm. Schuler sorry not yeah. Schuler okay. Schuler just checking just checking anyway uh, let's move on a little more uh, Chris how's the M- how's MLS going this season not bad not bad at all early um, though isn't it the- early. It is, and, and I think that makes it difficult in so much as it's very easy to draw big conclusions. So Atlanta looked like the most exciting and thrilling team in the league this season um, so far, being the important uh, caveat to that. Whereas Minnesota looked like a team that will, will probably prop the rest up in their conference. So it's it's still early days. Um, I'll, I'll be at my first game this weekend, New York Red Bulls against Real Salt Lake which should be a good uh, laugh. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's shaping up a lot younger this year, I think would be the best way to, to characterise it. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, let Chris know uh, who to watch this season. He's got barely any idea about this MLS thing. And he's really, he's really catching on, isn't it, Chris? That's what I'm hearing. Yep. <laughs> Have you got your ear to the ground? It's usually somewhere else, but now it's to the ground. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, uh, it, in part two, we're going to talk a little more about transfers, people moving to different places, uh, and what the summer looks like for a couple of big guys. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, let's get this party started. Anyway, Lauren let's get this party started. Please, mate. Anyway, let's get this party started. Uh, let's get this. Anyway, let's get this social gathering moving. Hey, <laughs> screw you, Dave. If you say that on tomorrow's Ooh. podcast, please say that on tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> anyway, let's get this social gathering going, guys. Um, anyway, yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, uh, Chris, um, you know, there's lots of stuff going on at the moment. Uh, and one of those things that's always going and is always on is Mina Raiola. He's now the agent of people who are going to be subject to some massive transfer rumours this summer. Lukaku... And Donna rumor. There's a lot of Donna mm-hmm. rumors about him. Uh, yes. Is there a question in there, or I'm just sort of giving you uh, what's the your favourite kebab, Chris? I think that's the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, the common and well-held belief, understandably so, is that it's it's a an industry dominated by Rayola and Mendes. Um, the the thing with Donna rumor is. The fees that I see mentioned, 150 million and all this kind of thing, even for a goalkeeper, they seem hard to justify. Because I appreciate that goalkeepers are a small talent pool to begin with, especially uh, reliable ones, which I think it's fair to say he is at this stage in his career, as, as brief as it's been. I'm just not sure if clubs see the benefit yet in spending that on a goalkeeper. Um I, I think in general, he is going to be a busy man, of course, because of the type of player that he attracts. And in and in fairness to him, I think for all of the crap that we can throw at him, if you look at the way he's handled Ibrahimovic's career, you could argue that he's fantastic at what he does because it was him that told Ibrahimovic, look, ditch the fancy car, ditch all the, the you know the the flashy crap, and just start focusing on your football, which. Is maybe not the image we associate with agents, especially those at the top end of the market. Mm, it's true. <sighs> Dave, I mean, you know, there's a possibility even that Donnarumma could be on his way to Manchester United at a push. Uh, you know, I, I do like Donna. It's um, it goes well inside a pit of bread with potentially I mean, some lettuce. It's practically racist. Chili sauce right. and, and and stuff like that. You know, kebabs are a bonza. Uh, but in terms of Donnarumma, what a keeper. You know, he's made more saves than any of the goalkeeper in Europe's top five leagues, which is an outstanding achievement for an 18-year-old. In terms of where he's at as a goalkeeper at his age, it's ridiculous. It's like Mbappe in terms of um, the development in their position. It's ridiculous to where they're already at at that young age. You know, 18 years old. Uh, your players usually not um, not physically developed. Uh, you know they're they're not on that level at all. Mentally is the biggest thing as well. And Donnarumma's um, shown that he's mentally ready for Serie A. You know he saved a number of penalties this season, and he is the next big thing in goalkeeping. Um, Lafont uh, over, I think he plays for Toulouse, uh, French keeper, probably at the same sort of level um, as Donnarumma is right now in terms of the next big goalkeepers in world football but Donnarumma I think he definitely shades at the moment playing for AC Milan and 
and, and putting in some really good performances, sort of carrying AC Milan. I think that I kind of agree with Chris. It's difficult to justify a transfer fee of 120, 150 million euros for a goalkeeper because they're not going to, you know, they're not going to score your goals to win you the titles. But what we saw with Paul Pogba is that p- price was paid for a central midfielder. So maybe it's just where the market's going that any of these wonder kids in, in quotation marks that are, you know, still at the start of their career are going to be picking up these humongous fees. And then how do they justify these fees in their career is, it's going to be a big mental challenge for them. It's got to be a mental thing that they've got to get over. And especially as a goalkeeper, the, the confidence thing is so huge. We've seen so many top keepers, as soon as they make a mistake or as soon as they, you know, they have a little bit of a bad run, it goes. You know, and, and they go back to square one and they've got to sort of rebuild themselves up. And as an 18-year-old that's commanding a fee of €120 million, Euros, is that a bit too much pressure? Well, if you pay for a superkeeper, then, I mean, maybe you, you will go <laughs> through. Well, I mean, he is, he's billed as that in Italy, isn't he? He's seen as the next yeah, big yeah. thing. He's seen as the next Buffon. You've, what you've got there is a player who's playing for a very potentially hugely successful team. Because, I mean, if we look at this generation, Italy could be one of the top 10 contenders, maybe next uh, summer um, you look you've got a goalkeeper who's physically already developed in a in a great way I, I mean really you, you you've got a, almost a different path for him haven't you he almost he almost takes the Buffon path where it's sort of like look I've got uh, you know I've got this mm, I honestly think the best move for him if he's not staying at AC Milan for his to whole Juve, career which would be a, a noble thing yeah is go to Juve it just makes it, sense. It's weird because it does seem like the only place that he will go is, is I mean, apparently Raiola is interested in him going to Old Trafford. Mm, but then obviously that means that David De Gea um, moves on. Sort of moves on as well. But, yeah, you know, but Dave, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, oh, you, oh no, we lost David De Gea. What are we going to, oh, look over here. It's done a rumour. Yeah, I think David De Gea is real. You can get, I think, with me, I think goalkeepers are the least thing that you, like the last thing that you work on when you're building sort of a title winning squad. It's the least important for me. I think arguably a defence, you know, two good centre-backs protecting a goalkeeper is worth more than a really good goalkeeper. But surely that you know, goalkeeper, I mean, sh- I mean, you know, you look at the, the dynamic between a Buffon and his three or two central defenders and you see what he gives those two central defenders. Mm, I think it's quite an interesting one in terms of like winning the big titles, winning the Champions League, winning the, uh, let's say, La Liga, the Premier League and so forth. You saw Manchester United under Louis van Gaal. David De Gea was un- absolutely unreal that season. That's the best I've ever seen a, a single goalkeeper play. But because he didn't have any good centre-halves or defensive players in front of him, he had to keep on making those saves. You can flip that over with Keylor Navas at Real Madrid that was protected by Sergio Ramos and Pepe and Varane, three of the best centre-backs in world football. And Real Madrid go on to win the, the Champions League and look like they're going to win the league of this season. Do you see what I mean there? Where I feel centre halves spending 120 million on a centre back right now, I think would be more would be worth more than spending 120 million on a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, arguably it's a more uh, influential position on the pitch, but at the same time, mm. well, I mean, I get, yeah, yeah, there's there's different aspects. It's, of it's both. a weird and, one. It really is. I think it, I mean maybe you'd be you'd be poorly. Uh, led to maybe go for a low-end goalkeeper. I think maybe a high-end goalkeeper is more valuable to a team. So yeah, maybe... but I think there's, there's quite a lot of those middle-ground goalkeepers. Yeah, I mean, that's that... what I'm saying. So Manchester United, not, you know, if they lose De Gea and they go for Donnarumma, they're not really losing anything. I guess that the argument from United would be, why would we get rid of De Gea? Mm, yeah, unless he wants after to we spend all this time developing him and so forth. Well, I mean, you do, could have done it for a profit. You never know. Just saying. Um, that Manchester United doesn't operate like that club, but you know, <laughs> if they did, if they did, I mean, uh, well, I mean, you were a bit of a feeder club to Real Madrid once, anyway. Um, 
and then Lukaku elsewhere. Everyone's already Excuse spoken me. about that one. Anyway, never mind. Um, apparently, Chris, uh, Romelu Lukaku's mother was the one who made this deal go sour and there was um, made the big U-turn. The Times is saying that she was responsible um, because, let me have a look why, um, she discussed her son's desire to play in the Champions League and advised him to snub a new deal. I, I don't think this is unheard of. Adrian Rabio's uh, mother is also... I think she is his agent. I don't know if Lukaku is, I don't believe so. I don't think she has a, an official position in that respect. I think, uh, isn't, well, it's, it's, uh, isn't Raiola linked with... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there is history, though, for, for family members being advisors, or at least playing in um, that kind of role. I think Nicholas Anelka's brother tended to take care of him during his career as well. Um, that wouldn't surprise I, me. Me, personally... I, I'm always very sceptical of, of this kind of involvement because I think often the person doesn't have much of a background in the game, so it can be quite difficult. And yet I feel obligated to say there are also people with that background who give terrible advice. Um, Do you think it's also it just is, much, much easier to uh, leak something to the media where it's sort of like, instead of Lukaku having to make that decision, well, he couldn't go against his mum's wishes? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a decent case to be made that it, it takes a little bit of the responsibility away from him if it's seen as a young man being influenced by his parents' uh, advice. Look, I, I think, honestly, to, to to lay everything out, I don't agree with the way that he's done this at all, and I think I said this previously. I, I think his intentions and his ambitions are fairly uh, merited or, or fairly justifiable because, look, he scored goals at a frightening level. Um, for someone so young and you would argue he's delivered his end of the bargain since joining Everton he has performed consistently all this kind of stuff so I, I don't think it's it's uh, disrespectful to say I, I, I want to play in the Champions League I would also argue that Everton probably bought him with this in mind either he would get them to the Champions League or they would sell him to someone for a massive profit which if they were to do in the summer you would have to think they're going to make at least double their money back. So, yeah, it, it's a curious one. I, I think I think it's understandable why fans are annoyed because no fan wants to, to hear a player talk about their club, if not specifically, at least in the terms of this is a stepping stone for me. Yeah. I mean, no, and I think no one wants to hear problem. anyone talk about their club like that, do they? It's horrible. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the only mistake I think he's made if, I, if I'm being honest, is that I don't think he voiced it in the right way. I think he could have maybe constructed his argument or his, his statements a little bit better. No, I agree. Uh, th- yeah, very good observation. Um, although, yeah, it doesn't make it any easier to take. Uh, yeah, you could have made a better argument. Oh, you're leaving anyway. Great. Um, anyway, uh, Dave, another young man uh, could be on his way. Another good winger, of course, could be on his way to Man City. They keep reporting that 50 million euros have been bid for Kingsley Coman. Um, but apparently Coman wants to stay at Bayern. It's an interesting one. He's not really got in the side. This season, it's pretty much been uh, Robin Ribery um, and Costa have been rotated. Robin's played the most minutes. Ribery's um, been at the start out and then Costa's in and so forth. But and Robin Coman's had his not really been... he came off the other day, didn't he? He didn't look particularly happy about it. Yeah, he's not really been in the side. And yeah, both of them, Costa and Coman, are now 
after being sort of, you know, pushing themselves to first choice under Pep Guardiola and now on the back seat again with the two veterans, Ribery and Robin, really tearing up the Bundesliga this season. Kingsley Goldman's an interesting one. There's moments where he's, you know, he's unplayable, but there's moments where he's really poor. I think he's a, at the moment, he's a good impact player. He's a player, he's a good player to have on the bench. But when the opposition are getting a bit tired, you know, jump him on and then, you know, you can let him tear the opposition up. You know, you think of the, the performance that he put in for Bayern Munich uh, in the Champions League last season against I can't remember who it was against very very late on yeah Juve yeah he came on and he basically so picked up two assists he scored in the 110th minute didn't he yeah that, that was the thing and it, it's it's a weird one where he has not really fit at Bayern Munich yet like he's not really got to level he should be but with Pep Guardiola I think that would be a good move for him and also you've got Sane Sterling there that could be a really deadly um, three potentially playing behind Sergio Aguero if Pep wanted to go to a 4-2-3-1 Completely agree. Um, Chris, elsewhere, there is an out, of course. Uh, uh, Manchester United. <sighs> it's uh, Bastian. He's on his way to Chicago Fire. Or he's already made his way to Chicago Fire uh, after everyone observing that he made a very sort of veiled thank you in which he said everyone's name and thanked everyone but Jose. Yes. Um, by his by his own admission, he, he reckons he tried everything to get back in. And I, and I don't contest that because he seems a very professional player. I, I think, and I wrote something for The Guardian on, on this move from the Chicago perspective this week. I, I think, honestly, and I, and I referenced it in the piece, it, physically he, he wasn't at the right stage in his career for this move. Yeah. Um, I, I'm careful how I phrase it because a lot of people will think that I'm... I'm giving the Premier League big licks here. Essentially, I don't think he had the the physical qualities they needed for someone at that precise moment. I don't think they wanted to dominate or were going to dominate the ball in the right way for him to be successful. Because if you look, you know, he's, there's some games he's had for Germany where he's basically put his foot on the ball and dictated things and, and it's looked really good. It, it's that idea of it needing to be that same kind of fit with that same kind of quality around him at Manchester United. And I don't think that was present. That's why, I, partly, I think they went and got Paul Pogba because they needed someone who could dominate technically, in theory, but also physically to make up for the fact that they weren't head and shoulders above their competition, um, player for player. As for his move to, to MLS... There was a conference call on Tuesday with uh, Nelson Rodriguez, the, the general manager of Chicago Fire, and he said it was a purely soccer decision. Um, there was no consideration about the ancillary benefits. Did you consider football? <laughs> Very good point. But he did acknowledge there was there was off-field gains here, marketing gains, if you will. But he said that wasn't the motivation. What are those marketing gains? Is it the large German population in the Chicago area? Yes, that that is part of it. The fact that again, he will sell shirts, be it in Europe or domestically. Um, you will see more fans come through the door because they want the chance to see that player uh, in the flesh. Will they call him Bastian Scheinsteiger? I must be honest; that's gone straight over my head. Chicago, Shy Town. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, now maybe he'll make it Schwein Town. Yes, no, that's definitely a possibility as well. Um, but Pig town. But the, the, the concern I had with it when I saw it announced was they've already signed two veteran defensive midfielders uh, in the off-season, in Dax McCarty and Janino. So their team 
was quite well built heading into the season. Where they needed players, arguably, when you look at it from a, a slightly withdrawn position, was someone at centre-back with real quality um, to go alongside Kapelhoff, or possibly a number 10 to sit behind uh, Nikolic, the new striker they, they picked up as well. So is he more likely to play 10 or centre-back? Well, this is the thing. I, I asked, I asked um, Nelson Rodriguez that specifically, and, and he gave this kind of weird sort of, I'm not ruling him out playing in an advanced role, but that's up to the coach to decide. Some people have speculated it'll be a midfield three and that Schweinsteiger can pull the strings maybe from a little bit deeper. Wow. Rodriguez even said if you look at Iniesta and Modric, they, the, those are two examples of players who aren't number 10s but still are able to create. I think that's a, a fair point. Um, and it's funny because Iniesta's actually been heavily linked to NYCFC recently. The, the bigger concern I have with this is Schweinsteiger's played so little football in the last 12 months. Um, the other comparison or sporting comparison that Rodriguez made was people like Tom Brady and Serena Williams and uh, Roger Federer and Michael Jordan winning titles while into their 30s. I looked at, at Jordan as an example. He played consistently for, I think, one season where I presume he was injured, well over 50, 60 games for the majority of his career. So he was clearly not on the physical decline. And, and the problem with that theory is every athlete is different. Some hit that 30 mark and then start to decline quite rapidly. Then you have someone like Zlatan, who's this freak of nature, who looks just as sharp at 36 as he did at 26. And it was, it was just a, a, very, a very ambiguous phone call in a lot of ways because it, it left me with more questions than answers when I, when I put the phone down. Um, and and just in general, I'm inclined to think this is possibly one of those instances where either they've overcommitted before they got McCarthy and Janino and, and now have had to go through with the deal, or they've just lumped the money and thought, you know what, we might as well. Let's see what happens. It'd be um, good, yeah. Yeah, it, it just, but none of it rings true. And, and, and quite bizarrely, you know, he was asked about the number 10 situation by someone, I think it was Brian Strauss at Sports Illustrated, um, and he took this very weird swipe at the fact that a lot of teams have signed playmakers from South America and Argentina and said, you know, people seem to think you just have to go to Argentina and get someone from the playmaker tree. <laughs> we, we went to Germany <laughs> for yeah. players two years or three years beyond this prime. It, it just, it, it was a very weird, a, a weird thing to sort of, uh, take a dig at because actually if you look pretty much every player that's come from Argentina at, at the DP level in MLS these last few years has done very well Higuain Valeri Blanco th there's a good record of that that's why teams do it they don't do it because they think stylistically oh this is the only place we can get them it's it's not a fashion thing it's very much the fact that financially you know they're, they're also very beneficial they don't they're demand cheap. nearly as much yeah. exactly this this is the thing. Schweinsteiger will cost $4.5 million for, for the year. Um, and they have a, an option to mutually extend that for a further year if they both want to. We'll see what happens there. Valeri's on something like a quarter of that. And and I saw a statistic the other day that he's, he's essentially one goal away from being Portland's highest ever goal scorer. In their, and I'm talking entire NASL included history. That's, that's mad for wow. a player that's only been there four years. Mad thing. 
and Alex. playing in midfield as well. Although maybe showing what's happened in the club's history. Yeah, a little bit. But like I say, it's 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 a very it is a very weird signing to me. And although I didn't write the headline for that Guardian piece, I do agree with some of its sentiments. That again, it, it's it just left left me with a little bit of a feeling of this is a little bit of a retirement home signing. It's not the kind of exciting, engaging signing that Atlanta are making with Almiron and Martinez, that RSL tried with Rusnak, this kind of thing. Guys that are younger and are going to come into their prime while playing here rather than guys that you would argue have seen their prime and now you're hoping you can drag them back to near that level. You're saying that someone else wrote this headline, Chris? Yes. Wow. This industry is corrupt. Corrupt to the core. I thought that you up- uploaded in a WordPress style and then just hit publish and the Guardian just let you do what you want. Kristen's not going to reply to that one. Uh, Dave, uh, whilst uh, one person's leaving Manchester, a young whippersnapper could be on his way in. Manchester United taking a new technique of possibly paying a lot of money for a young man from Monaco. I hope it works. It's new. It's innovative. It is, you know. Uh, you know, Anthony Martial, uh, I don't know where he came from. Maybe it was Monaco or Nice or something like that. But yeah, uh, I think in terms of what United would be getting if they were to make said signing, uh, Keelan Mbappe is an absolutely fundamentally brilliant player, a player that is is breaking all sorts of records in the Statman Dave um, wonder kid bank. In terms of what he's done, I've never seen a is player a score thing? so many goals at that age. That's why it's so incredible. I've never seen a player that scored, um, you know, what is it, 12 league goals already yeah. in Liga. Um, so far ahead of his, uh, you know, counterparts. I think he scored, what, seven, eight goals more than any other player under the age of 19. Um, and in terms of the comparison with Martial, it's not really anywhere. It's not very similar at all. You know, Martial at um, Monaco played, played usually on the left wing, uh, whereas Mbappe has played predominantly through the middle. So it is a, it's an interesting one. Um, and if United were to pull that off, it'd be a good transfer. But again, it's going to cost a lot of money, uh, a lot of money for him. But in terms of you know what he's done so far, he's been directly involved in a goal or assist every single 64 minutes um, in Liga this season. Uh, if he continues at his current scoring rate and Monaco go on to win the quadruple, in fact, he would score 29 goals in 49 games. In terms of uh, Henri, his first two seasons, uh, when he was 17 and 18, he only got up to, um, I think it was around six goals he scored in his first two seasons at that age. So you can see at the sort of, you know, the levels of Mbappe's finishing and so forth. But it is, it's an interesting one and he will be subject to a lot of transfer rumours in the summer because he's a quality finisher and he's a very, very, very quick. And he does, he does have some similar traits to Thierry Henry, the way that he runs the channels, the way that he comes in onto his right foot from a wide area is quite interesting to compare both. Dave, do you worry that in, say, six months' time you're going to have to deny ever wanting him because Man City have got him? Nope, because no. I am not like that. Uh, for example, William Carvalho looks like he's going to Manchester City. That is Manchester United's loss. OK. Are you going to accuse him of being bald soon? Yeah, of course. I'm fraudulent. Yep. Uh, I'm fraud There you go. Nailed it. Um, anyway, uh, apparently also uh, one of the old guys also on their way out, Chris, and they could be on their way to East London with West Ham. Wayne Rooney? Yeah. I assume this is a, a reference to. Yep, yep. yep. Um, or, or Everton, I think Miguel Delaney was just saying. There's oh, an interest there. Where would you rather? 
I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't know how he fits in at Everton. That's the thing. Because you have to think maybe he takes the place of Barkley. Because they've got a lot of good central midfielders. You've got Tom Davies, you've got Donna Gay, Schneiderlin, um, Barkley, of course. So you throw him in there, maybe you're playing him out wide, but then he's not a traditional winger, so that kind of kills the the balance maybe a little bit. Do you play him up front off Lukaku? It's it's a very weird one. I'm sure Corman will, will fashion something because he's quite a smart manager. In, in terms of tactics and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I think they'll just be pleased to get rid of his, the money, to be honest. He's, he is a bit of a sinkhole financially for Man United at this stage in his career. Mm. Uh, yeah, and obviously, yeah, but obviously if he moves on to either of those other teams, he's not going to become a sinkhole. He probably won't get the same money. You're not going to get the same money at uh, West Ham as you do at Manchester United, are you? I don't know, some of the money they throw around, I wouldn't be surprised. That's a very good point, actually. It's a very, very good point, yeah. Um, elsewhere, elsewhere uh, Gianluigi Buffon is set to uh, play his thousandth game for Italy uh, and Everton, where Wayne Rooney could be on his way to, uh, have apparently agreed loans or uh, for their new ground in Bramley Moor Dock. Yeah, if, you like, if you like Liverpool as a city, not as a club then you'll be very happy about that. Um, anyway. Oh, and apparently Everton are going to end their StubHub ticket partnership. I don't know what that's in reference to, but I'm guessing it's a StubHub ticket partnership. Uh, anyway. They're a funny bunch of those kind of sites. I know a lot of people criticise them because apparently they hoover up tickets and then should sort of charge a, a decent whack on top. And then sort of sell them on as if they are from fans. Hmm. Because that's what Stub, I always thought that's what StubHub was. It was sort of uh, meant to be fans selling to fans. It's been accused, stroke alleged, just so I get me media law in there, yeah. that they're a, a sort of legal tout. Or a legalised tout, yeah. Basically, they've legitimised touting by do, basically doing it online, which is how a lot of people get around the law. Just do it online. Turns out it's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently I'm not taking that as an approach uh, anyway uh, there are a lot more headlines out there but we'd love to hear from you guys uh, during the next couple of days we'll be back on Monday uh, as we record a weekend review Dave if people want to go find you where can they go? Uh, Start Monday Football Podcast on Acast or on iTunes um, there have been some really interesting episodes this week I've gone <laughs> because it's the international break I've just given myself complete free roll so basically went on the rant about it, the, the FA and, and coaching qualifications um, did a bit of Nagelsmann spoke about all the European leagues where they are at the moment who's going to win the league spoke about um, you know MVPs of those leagues and so forth so some really interesting stuff this week if I don't say so myself Lawrence excellent uh, and of course Chris if people want to go find you they can go look on The Guardian or elsewhere yes they can uh, I also did something for Bet Bright this week on, on the championship and how it is England's incubator for young talent interesting stuff well uh, thanks a lot for joining us on the front three guys go head over to our social find all that um, and I will see you again real soon right here on TF3 let's get this party started imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.